Hey everyone, it's Darren Isamoto and welcome back to Foundation 411. Welcome to our second bonus episode. As many of you know, Sandy Acton announced her retirement after 12 and a half years of working with the Foundation. I sat down with Sandy in mid-June to record this episode. Being the Director of Real Estate Development and Facilities Management, we talked about what she's learned from the experience, what she's most proud of, and what she'll miss most about her time here. Sandy also shares with us some of her plans in retirement. Enjoy this episode. All right, so I'm sitting down here with Sandy Acton, Director of Real Estate Development and Facilities Management, who will now be retiring after 12 and a half years of the foundation. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you. I'm glad you could sit down with me and we can kind of talk about your career here in Foundation and aspirations for what you plan to do in retirement. Um, just really quickly, can you go ahead and give us a, a kind of a history with, with uh, your role here in Foundation for the 12 and a half years? Oh, sure. So in December of 2007, I was hired. Um, the prior uh, director of real estate development had left months prior and I was hired to come in and oversee the Innovation Village development project Mm -hmm. as well as the faculty staff housing project. So at the time um, the director had been gone for several months and he had a staff member who was also gone. So Kathy Ramsey who was Paul Story's executive executive assistant Mm stepped in temporarily and acted as my number two person just to help me get acclimated and get, you know, started with the, with the department. Cause Mm -hmm. it was just a, a zero employee department for a while. So, um, it was me and Kathy Ramsey initially that got going. And then I brought in Randy Wallace in February of 2008. So it wasn't very long. I need, you know, I needed somebody immediately and Randy came in and started working with me on the faculty staff housing program. And kind of, I guess, because we obviously know that the faculty staff housing program that includes the Kellogg track, Kellogg track mm-hmm. and yeah. the Fair Oaks walk. Right. Um, right. What was, what did that look like then when you came in? Cause obviously we know what it is now, but yeah. what, what did it look like then? Well, I'm get, people can't see I'm smiling when you ask that question <laughs> because it was um, my, I think my second day on the job, Kathy Ramsey took me over to the Kellogg Tract Homes to show me what homes we had. And some we had some homes that were in the process of being rehabilitated. Mm-hmm. And one of the houses literally had no roof on it wow. and was left with no roof. And we had had rain. And not, that, not that it was under construction, so it just it, well, didn't it, have a roof. It was being, they were, the foundation was doing rehab on the okay, house. Okay, got it, got it. But apparently no one knew that the roof had been torn off and hadn't been replaced. Oh. So it had no roof on it. It had plywood, but no roofing material. So rain was coming in. And so when I got back to the office, you know, it was really devastating to see that there's this house that's going to have to have quite a bit of work. Mm -hmm. And it was a little overwhelming. So the next day I came into work, apparently Kathy had gone to Paul and said, Hey, you know, Paul, this was really bad because she didn't even know. Yeah. So, um, I came back to work the next day and Paul came in my office and he said, I'm really glad you came back. Mm -hmm. 
that's why I'm smiling because yeah. it was it was crazy. It was really crazy. We had a lot of houses over there that did not have rehabilitation done on them. So we had to do all of the taking things down to studs and rehabbing those homes and mm-hmm. fixing them up so that they could be habitable yeah. and looking good for faculty and staff. So we had um, less homes over there than we have now. Um, and then the Fair Oaks Walk was under construction as well. That was not completed. There were two phases um, still yet to be completed. There was mm-hmm. one phase done and all empty but one home. So there's 34 townhomes in that complex, and we had one buyer out of mm-hmm. all 34. So we had to sell 33 townhomes when when we first started. Wow. When when did Fair Do you remember around when Fair Oaks Walk first open? Yeah, so it was open in early 2008. Got it. And then, um, well, the 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 final phases were done later in about mid-2008, mm-hmm. and we were selling as we were completing them. Yeah. So when we, when we came in, when I came in with Randy, there was one home, one phase finished and one home occupied. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember, because I started working in marketing in 2010, and shortly after I started one of my first video projects, and which would lead to many video projects that I would do for real estate, was making a video of Fair Oaks Walk and going right. over there. I think they had a barbecue, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. Um, and just filming the sense of community that was building there in Fair Oaks Walk. That would have been just a couple years after it opened. Right, right. Um, yeah. Uh, and then the other major thing was Innovation Village. So what did Innovation Village look like when you first... Because I know I've seen that change over the past yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Um, but what was, if anything was there, what was Innovation Village back in... 2007? Tw- yeah. So um, remember that that 65 acres was agricultural land okay. originally. Yeah. So when I came in, in um, we did not have any of the curbs and gutters and perimeter landscaping in. We didn't have the monument signs in. We had one street, Kellogg, that went from Valley over to campus, Mm -hmm. but that was the only street that was in. And we had one of the Edison buildings built. So when I started... Trammell Crow had built the the first building that is occupied by Edison mm-hmm. on speculative basis. Mm-hmm. So it was sitting empty. And of course, we hit the skids in, in the economy in, two, in 2007, 2008. Got it, yeah. So they had completed the building. They were marketing it for a tenant to come and occupy. And they were getting nothing because the economy was going down. So it took them a couple of years to get Southern California Edison to commit to that building. And then they finally purchased it. So at the time, um, Innovation Way wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no infrastructure. So we did all the undergrounding of all the utility poles that went down Valley. Yeah, We did all that. I put in the curbs and gutters and sidewalks and, and the landscaping and the monument sign mm-hmm. and Innovation Way was able to complete all of that. Wow. So it's kind of fun to look back and say, oh, wow, I, I yeah, got all that now done. There's, now there's, what, three SCE buildings, right. Red Cross, CTTI. Yes. And then the Innovation Brewers being over there as well. Right, right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that leads to my next question. Like, what are, what would you say? I mean, there's obviously a lot of achievements that and a lot of growth that have happened over the time you've been here. But what would you say is are some of the more proud moments of your career and foundation? Well, you know, I, I take pride first and foremost in my team. 
Um, the proudest moment was hiring Randy, honestly. He has been such a great colleague and partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so grateful that he interviewed for that job and uh, agreed to come work for us. Um, and, the, and the team that we have today, Randy, Adriana, Steve mm-hmm. Whippy, and the, the guys in facilities, I'm really proud of, of the work that, that we've all been able to do together. For me personally, um, being able to be a part of developing out Innovation Village, we're 65% complete. Wow. Um, I'm proud of that. I'm yeah. proud of the relationship we have with Southern California Edison. I'm proud of the relationship we have with American Red Cross. Um, these are personal relationships yeah. um, that extend beyond just you know, work. I mean, we've, we've developed a good rapport with our tenants. And um, so that's really, I'm proud of that. Um, I'd say I'm I'm proud of the leadership opportunities that I've had. Uh, I was the president of the Pomona Chamber of Commerce for a year. Yeah, yeah, I remember um, that. Which was a really interesting opportunity for me. I was asked to sit on the board of the chamber f- by Dr. Ortiz mm-hmm. and as the representative for the university, and I did that for several years. And finally, the, you know, they kept nudging me to take over and, and be the chair of the board. And I did do that. And, um, it, it was, it was a great, it was very gratifying. It was a yeah. great opportunity to do something for the community of Pomona as well mm-hmm. beyond the, the, you know, bounds of the campus. Yeah, I know. Cause I was, I remember the, the Pomona chamber of commerce. Um, and then I remember thinking that, oh yeah, your work is expanding just beyond Cal Poly Pomona itself, but to the city and just to the overall community right. surrounding our campus. So I think Yeah, yeah. So I got exposed to a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, you know, I got to know this city pretty well and the 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 good, the bad and the ugly. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to know the chief of police and the mayor and people who are in leadership positions in the city. And and I will say that um, while working through the chamber, my view of the city changed. I grew to really love the city of Pomona. Mm-hmm. And you can't help but do that because there's some great people here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, would you say then when you were first starting this position 12 years ago, did you ever see that this would afford some, some opportunities like this to be able to work so closely with the city and everything? Was that no. a part of the... Because I would imagine yeah. like, yeah, like hearing that eventually you would amount to be doing that kind of work. I don't think that that's in the the job description in the very beginning that it was. <laughs> it was never in the yeah. job description. <laughs> so I think like it's it's definitely like that you you shaped it into your own sort of path here. And you've, you've created these opportunities that to reach beyond just the campus community. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I, I, I do say I'm proud of that because I was able to forge relationships at a time when the campus did not have a good relationship with the city. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, that's changed a lot. Um, and has improved dramatically. But it did help me then when we took over Lanterman yeah. and, and the work that I had to do there um, because that was contentious as well with yeah. the local community. The, you know, the, the local cities really didn't want to see Cal Poly Pomona get that property. Yeah. Um, so it was helpful that I had some connections with people in the city at that time. Yeah. Um, and then I know you kind of touched upon it about the people you've worked with while you've been here, but um, what are some of the more um, like personal memories you've you've had here uh, working here in Foundation? Well, I, I, I know you mentioned Randy Wallace was yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Um, 
You know, I'll say that our little corner of the building, 55, yeah. is always kind of a fun corner. People laugh. You know, we're, we get a little loud. I mm -hmm. tend to speak loud anyway. So, but um, Randy Townsend, Randy Wallace, Adriana, Dave Prenovo, Edwin, I mean, th that little grouping over there, yeah. um, we've had many moments where... You know, one of us has been talking about something probably in an animated way. Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's Dave, sometimes it's Edwin. And, you know, we would eventually all walk out of our offices and kind of look at each other like, you know, is everything going to be okay over here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's one of the things that I, I know I will miss, yeah. that camaraderie. Or hearing Debbie Lithicum laugh because yeah. she had a She's fabulous like three doors laugh. Down, yeah. Yeah. I was, I think, the equal distance, but on the other side in the front of the building for many years. And, and we can always hear Debbie laughing from the front yeah. as well. So. Or the funny thing was, is when Debbie and Dave would be on their speakerphones talking to each other, and I would have Debbie and Dave in stereo. Because <laughs> I didn't just hear their phones, I was hearing their voices as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's kind of the, the fun little nature of, of all of you just being so, having the open door policy. Yeah. And just, and then speakerphones on top of that and just being able to hear everybody all the chatter that goes on whether whether you want to hear it or not it's just a right. bunch of bunch of activity happening in that corner of the building yeah um yep. then when you look back on on all that you've done and the the people you've met and the the memories what have you learned from all of this oh gosh um well, first of all, I've learned how to work in, in an institution of higher education. Mm -hmm. um, it's unique. I came from pri private industry where mm -hmm. I worked for real estate developers and, and owners of real estate. And private industry um, works very different than higher education. Um, while we, while where I come, came from in private industry, we were collaborative, um, decisions were made and they were made and they mm -hmm. were made very, fairly quickly and not often, um, by groupthink. um, you would give your input to the boss and the boss would make a decision and boom, you acted on it. Mm -hmm. So, um, working in higher education really has been an eye opener for me. And, it, you know, and it, it was frustrating at first because you know, I just didn't know, you know, okay, so how long is this, how many meetings are we going to have to have over this? How long is this process going to take? Um, but the value of getting input from some areas, um, I learned about as well and, and how that does help, um, create more of a, a collaborative environment and, um, support of what, we do here mm -hmm. because what we do here is far more lasting than what I did in private industry. Mm -hmm. um, while the buildings would last, um, you know, maybe the owners didn't last or mm -hmm. maybe the tenants didn't last, but, but pretty much what gets built at Cal Poly Pomona is Cal Poly Pomona and it's yeah. going to always be Cal Poly Pomona. So it, it is a little bit different. So you have to take more time and you have to think through and really plan for and, um, and, uh, integrate all thoughts, mm -hmm. uh, on, on property because these, you know, I can drive around Southern California and point to things that I've had impact on, you know, buildings, because I've literally built, helped, you know, in the process of building mm -hmm. buildings. I put a piece of public art in Santa Fe Springs. I can drive there and see it today. Yeah. Um, but it's different when you're talking about an institution that will, will be around for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
Um, and then, so I know you announced, I mean, it officially came out in the all hands meeting about your retirement. That was in the, that was a couple weeks ago. Right. Um, we're now recording this currently in the midway of June. Um, so retirement's coming up in just a couple weeks. Uh, what, what plans do you have, uh, once, once next month hits and, <laughs> and, and the years following, do you have any plans after retirement or? For that matter, after quarantining and, and all of this is all the pandemic is, has passed. Like, what what are your plans in retirement? Well, um, because this wasn't planned so much, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't have a whole lot. Um, my husband and I did buy a big four by four truck and a camper. <laughs> Four okay. wheel camper, so um, and we've tested it out on a weekend. We went up to the local mountains, and it, you know, I think we're going to be able to, to do some camping and and traveling soon mm-hmm. across the U.S. I've never been to Yellowstone. That's my okay. that's my big big bucket list item. Yeah. So we will be getting that thing out to Yellowstone. My, my family, we we did a road trip at, out to Yellowstone. I think I was in eighth grade. Um, but the whole thing, we drove all the way out there. I think over the course of two weeks, went out there and then stayed yeah. and stopped along the way and then came back. But uh, definitely, my family was really big on visiting national parks, and that's definitely one of them that you got to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know um, yes, the geysers. I mean, I don't remember too much because it was a while ago now, but the, the geysers, I remember uh, bison being all over the place and yeah. sometimes even stopping traffic. But it's, <laughs> you know, you get excited when you see them that close on the side of the road and, and just the wildlife there. And um, there's so many different parts to Yellowstone because it's just a massive national park. Yeah, but, yeah. It's, it's spectacular. Everything yeah. that I've read and I've, I've seen on the Internet, and of course, you know, we have the Internet now, yeah. so... <laughs> Yeah. When I was younger, we didn't have that. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I'm just really excited about seeing parts of the U.S. that I've never seen. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to one day be able to say I've been to every state and I've been to about two thirds of them. So okay. All right. I'm looking forward to doing that. And then, you know, I believe in being a lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to take some classes. I, I bought myself a ukulele a couple of years ago. Okay. I happened to be in Hawaii at a conference um, for the Institute of Real Estate Management. And I, I bought the ukulele, and I've never really done anything with okay. it. So I'm planning on learning how to play my ukulele. My um, my fiance actually right now, while we've been, she's had a ukulele for for several, I think since high school. Yeah. But it's kind of just been sitting in the closet. I think she like once knew how to play it, but um, when we've been quarantining, she actually brought it back out and has been picking it up every so often and. and and using the internet, watching videos online, and just learning yeah. uh, how to play different songs and everything. Right. So, yeah. So Cal State Fullerton, I, I live in North Orange County, and I'm a grad of mm-hmm. Cal State Fullerton. They have um, a, a seniors education program through their College of Extended University. Okay. It's called Ollie. And I was looking at it the other day. I know people who have retired who are participating in classes mm-hmm. that they offer, and they offer some amazing classes. Oh, there you go. So, and one of them is learning to play the ukulele. There so you go. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna sign up for Ollie over at Cal State Fullerton and be one of the seniors, <laughs> even though I'm not a senior yet. I, I think I think whether it's ukulele or anything else, though, it's just it's just really good to keep your mind and body active and just yeah. learning, continuing to learn. Don't. I mean, it's uh, re- retirement is well, well, 
well-deserved and it's a chance to just relax. But at the same time, it's like, keep, you know, take this opportunity to just learn new things and right. that, that maybe we didn't have the time to learn before. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I also, I happen to own a small, um, real estate consulting firm that, okay. that I started long before I came here and yeah. I haven't kept it active just because I, I work enough here. Yeah. Um, so I will probably do some consulting as well. I have there a brother who's a CPA who, who does higher education, um, work. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked about maybe even collaborating on white papers and doing okay. some work collaboratively. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'll stay in the business in some way, shape or form as well. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we're almost out of time, but before we go, do you have any uh, final words or messages you have for your team or, or friends here in the foundation or just the foundation as a whole? Um, yeah, I, I, you know, again, I mentioned Randy and I do owe a debt of gratitude to him because he, he was a faithful partner. It wasn't always easy for the two of us, Mm -hmm. you know, having to, you know, there were times there were three of us, then there was back down to two of us and, you know, um, but he's, he's been a faithful partner. So number one, I cannot emphasize enough what a great partner he has been and colleague and, and, um, so for sure, um, Secondly, Dave Prenovo, who, uh, you know, sometimes like a brother to me, you know, we've been through thick and thin. We've Mm -hmm. been through a lot. We've, you know, collaborated. He has helped me tremendously. Mm -hmm. Um, He's been a wonderful partner. Um, If Mike Ortiz and um, Ed Barnes and Paul were here, I would tell them thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, I owe them a debt of gratitude for hiring me to begin with and giving me you know, the ability to do the work that I did. They're, they're the reason I came here. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, I have to say it was fun working with the three of them. Um, it was energizing. They, they they always had a can do spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, nothing was outside of possibility. You know, they, they believed in the possibilities and they believed in the project and everything was, let's go get them, you know, let's go get this done. Yeah. And I got to be a part of that. So I, I am eternally grateful to them for that. Um, and then just, you know, a lot of the people in the office that my colleagues on, in the director's meetings, you know, Clint, Aaron, all of them, Edwin, you know, Dave Laxamana, Randy Townsend. I mean, everybody's been supportive and mm-hmm. helpful and encouraging. Um, and I appreciate that as well. And then, um, you know, the foundation staff in building 55, especially everybody's been great to work with. You know, I, I have fond memories of, of, you know, lots of different times, like, you know, the Christmas parties and you guys, you know, (laughs) having the the fun games that we played during the Christmas parties. I love those. And the Christmas gift exchange, you know, I'm going to miss those things. Um, they were fun. They were, you know, we got to know each other a little bit more on a personal level. That my biggest regret, I guess, would be that I didn't spend more time doing things like that. I wish I had. Yeah. Um, I always envied you guys playing games in the lunchroom, you know, when you guys were <laughs> doing Uno that and whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> on a regular basis. And I thought, oh, gosh, that looks like so much fun. And then I'd go sit in my office and eat my lunch. Yeah. Um, but I do. Those are those are things that I will always remember is that it, you always remember the people more than the things and the and the places, really. Yeah. Um, and then um, lastly, I think if I want to say anything is is um, 
to Jared that I wish him much success. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is this is not an easy thing to take over, even outside of COVID. Yeah, but to take over under the conditions that he has had to take over, it's it's mind boggling to me. And he's done it with grace and dignity, respect, courage fortitude, mm-hmm. uh, all those things, all of those things. And I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I am grateful because, you know, we don't want to see things get crazy and fall apart and, and be terrible. And, um, you know, he's proven that, you know, he's, he's got the will and the determination to do the best that he can possibly do. And that's all we can ask for. Yeah. And then for us to all say, you know, not just, Hey, good job, but I'm right here with you, (laughs) you know, we'll, we'll get through this. And, you know, I said it in the, in the all hands meeting, we will get through this. Mm -hmm. I mean, 2008 felt really bad. We had 33 townhomes to sell in a market that was going down. And, you know, how do you do that? It felt terrible. I wasn't sure how we were ever going to get it done, what, what we did. This feels like one of those moments too, but we are, this is going to be fine. Um, it won't feel good in the process, but there will be a day when you look in the rearview mirror and say, remember when. Yeah. And all so, that we've grown and learned from it as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is this is the moment where you just, you know, the proof is going to be in the pudding. You really put your put your head down and you you get the job done. And at some point you will be able to look back and say, wow, we got through that. Yeah. And we did it with grace and dignity and, and self-respect. And um, so I just, I wish everyone the best and I'm not going to be that far. You know, I'm not, I don't think I'm leaving the U S anytime soon. (laughs) I might be on the East coast or up North, but yeah. So I'll be cheering you guys on all along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and before I go, I I wanted to share a personal thing with you. Um, Just the admiration I had for you as a leader. Um, The thing that I remember most in working with you was not so much in those projects, but it was the the casual emails you'd send me with an article on something marketing related. Oh, um, these little messages came in. I want to say even as early as my first year, and I was just out of college, and I was in a position and working in a my first corporate environment. And here's a director who who sees that I have an expertise in something or that I have value in something, and in just very casual way saying, "Hey, here's something you might find interesting." And I think that. That's what I've always admired about your leadership style was that you showed respect to everybody. And and even someone for as new and as young as I was back then, 10 years ago now, but <laughs> but I think it, it made me feel important. And I think especially for any fresh out of college graduate who's coming into any, uh, you know, their first work environment, it's really easy to just feel like you're at the bottom of the totem pole or that. Yeah. And, and to just be respected in that way from someone who's a leader in, in the organization, I think was really that made, that gave me a lot of respect for you as a, as a leader. So I want to thank oh. you for that. That's nice. I, you know, I was there once, you know, we were yeah. all there once. And so, you know, I, and I guess, you know, I, I draw on, um, my parents who raised me and, and I, I, I'm grateful for the way in which they did. And, you know, I learned, you know, I learned to be humble because that's, that's the way they taught me to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've always, 
believed in lifting up anyone who I can lift up as a result of something that I'm doing. Yeah. So thank you for recognizing that. I, yeah. I do appreciate that. I think I, I think I, even to speak on that, I was like, it reminds me of how I was listening to this, um, this other podcast actually with a Pete Carroll from football and then right. Steve Kerr from basketball and Dave Roberts from baseball. And the three of them were talking about their different coaching styles and the way that they not just coach on the court, but coach in the, in the clubhouse, in the locker room. Yeah. And they had talked about the most important thing that they do communication wise is talk to the people who are your end of the bench players, right? the ones who aren't the star players of the team, because they yeah. said the star players can handle the spotlight and know that they're valued, but it's the ones that are way there at the end of the bench that you need to talk to and, and, and check in with them every so often because when you call upon them to rise to the occasion, they'll feel valued and they'll feel important. Right, right. And I think that's exactly, that's, that's the perfect analogy for this uh, situation here. So yeah, 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 I believe in it for yeah. sure. Well, thank you again. I know, especially in these past couple of weeks, your, your schedule is very busy and I, <laughs> I really appreciate you sitting down with me and, and sharing your story with us. And like you said, you're, you're close by, so please come back and visit and, and stop in and say hi to us every I so often. To. Yeah, I hope to. All thank right. you. Thank you very much, Sandy. Thank you. All right. Thank you again to Sandy for taking the time to share her story with us. And thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week with our regularly scheduled episode. Until then, be safe, everyone, and take care. Foundation 411 is produced by the Cal Poly Pomona Marketing Department. If you have any questions or comments, please contact me, Darren Insimoto. For more information on Cal Poly Pomona Foundation, please visit foundation.cpp.edu.